0: You're listening to the Winter Hughes Podcast with Joe and Eric Hughes. And now, here's the Hughes Brothers. Welcome to a new Winter Hughes Podcast, the Bay Area Sports Podcast, hosted by me, your host, Joe Hughes, alongside my brother, Eric Hughes. And Rick, the San Francisco 49ers, the season could not have started any better. The team is 5-0, one of the last remaining undefeated teams. It's the 49ers and the Eagles. And this comes after a dominating win over the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football, beating the boys 42-10. to 10. Nobody in the world outside of Dallas, Texas feels bad about what happened to the Cowboys in that game. And I'll tell you what, man, we have seen some very good 49er teams over the years. We've seen a lot of talent. We knew this team had a lot of talent on it. But the way that they have been able to put things together... And the latest example being their most impressive of that, this is starting to shape up like a conversation we have to have about maybe one of the best 49er teams we may have ever seen.
1: Is it just the best 49er team? Or can we start talking about this potentially being one of the best teams all time? They have just been so dominant. And to take Dak Prescott and knock him out of the game not just make him inefficient or ineffective they knocked him out of the game on his last three drives before he was pulled they were three interceptions and so that is a a guy that has been viewed around the league as an elite quarterback and you just knocked him out of the game where they had to say, hey, our best chance at this point isn't with Dak. He's pres- he's forcing it and not getting the results. We're going to our backup. They have just been so dominant. It's just mind-blowing.
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that is so impressive for me, especially from that Sunday game, which really just put everything on display, it's the stars at all levels doing this. Like sometimes you watch a game – And it's one or two guys that really kind of shine, right? Like, oh, the running game was really going today, or the passing game was really working, or the defense was excellent. This was one of those rare games. And I know this is kind of a plague around sports where the last thing I saw is the best thing I saw. But just putting it in a larger context, how many games do you watch that every facet and all of the stars across the board have a big game? I mean, that's what we saw against the Cowboys. You look at the defensive side, Nick Bosa got a sack. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are having as impressive a linebacking season as I can remember. And I never thought another duo would approach the kind of performance that we saw from guys like Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, who is, you know, the bar of excellence for linebackers in 49ers history. And the way that we're seeing the Niners linebackers look, it's been really impressive. The secondary looked really good. Offense, literally everybody got involved you know George Kittle got the three touchdowns Juszczyk was involved Ayuk was involved Debo was involved I mean the embarrassment of riches that the 49ers have as far as star talent was all on display in that win on Sunday night And don't
1: forget Mason breaking off that run for a touchdown too Where now you can pull McCaffrey out of the game and defenses still have to worry about the running back that's in there. And not only did he break that thing off for a score, he like knew he was going to score with 15 yards to go. Yeah. And was able to start celebrating then and was so amped up. It is just such a dominant team on every single side of the ball. Um, And when you look at Brock Purdy's numbers, he has broken 300 yards once this season and I think maybe one time last season. So it's not like he's putting up like 400, 500 yards like Drew Brees numbers but he doesn't have to. They have just such a dominant team all the way around that with the yards that he threw to uh, last game, he still put up for touchdowns. And he's so smart with the ball, the way that he protects it. It's just such a, a great recipe that the Niners have that in some ways they fell into, right? Nobody counted Mr. Irrelevant to be this, this effective and this efficient. And, and to be... One of the top quarterbacks in the league, and and people can say that's a product of what's around him, but look at his numbers. Look at his quarterback rating. It speaks for itself, and he's doing a job that Trey Lance couldn't do. Jimmy G struggled to do. People are still going to always slight him a little bit, like, oh, he's a product of people around him, this and that. He answers every question. The Niners answer every question. And the ease with which they do it is just
0: mind-blowing. Who are the hardest working people in this country right now? Who are the hardest working people? I'll tell you. It's the people trying to find a reason to discredit what Brock Purdy has done. They're bending over backwards, trying to figure out a knock on this guy. Because you're right, he answers every question. And coming into this week, he's number one in the league in quarterback rating. Number one in the league in QBR, which is like ESPN's version of quarterback ranking. He's second in completion percentage. Uh, he is second in attempts and he is first in yards in the air per attempt. That's how far he throws the ball per attempt. Because, you know, we get a lot of check down passes and you also get the long balls to IU. And where does that balance out? And another thing that he hasn't done, he hasn't turned the ball over, zero interceptions, knocking on wood that that continues. But Brock Purdy, Coming into this week, it was about Christian McCaffrey's role as the MVP for this team. After that win over the Cowboys, everyone's talking about Brock Purdy's viability as an MVP candidate.
1: With this team, it really becomes pick your poison. And we've gotten to see different players have a breakout game each game. Ayuk on the opening game against the Steelers, CMC at his four touchdown game. We just got to see Kittle have three touchdowns on three catches and never get uh, tackled. And what I'm waiting for is the Debo breakout game. You know, Debo was so essential to that offense for so long to be that running back before we had cmc to be that receiver and then debo held out for a little bit and i think fans were holding their breath because we knew how crucial he was to the team and christian mccaffrey has taken so much off debo samuels that we're still waiting for debo to have his breakout game not that he hasn't been there or not been producing he has been and he's still making plays but everyone seems to be getting their big like two three touchdown game because you have to pick your poison you just can't shut these guys down. And with Mason starting to come and move those chains, that takes away the only thing that was causing any kind of fear of what happens if McCaffrey goes down and Elijah Mitchell can't move the chains. Well, it looks like Mason can. So take a breath.
0: Something we talked about last week, which What do the 49ers do when somebody comes in and tries to take away what they had done through the first four weeks because they had built so much of their offense around what Christian McCaffrey was doing and Brandon Ayuk is the next target and that we saw kind of Debo and Kittle have quieter starts to the season. It was pretty clear that the Cowboys put their focus on McCaffrey and you could see that in the way that they limited him. It It was a harder running game than the 49ers had seen before and McCaffrey averaged... 2.7 yards per carry against the Cowboys. He's averaging 5.2 this season. So they really cut into the way that the 49ers were able to get those kind of first down runs that set them up for you know a short gain on second down to get that first down again. They were really able to move that ball. And the Cowboys said, we're going to take Christian McCaffrey away and see if Brock Purdy can beat us. And the 49ers were ready for that. And Brock Purdy was ready for that. You could see it in some of the play calls where they would design plays that looked like it was going to be Christian McCaffrey running out to the left or a handoff that it was all designed and they would make this whole dog and pony show happen. So it looked like it was going to be McCaffrey to the left and Purdy would quickly flip his hits, rotate over to the right, and they dump it off to Juszczyk or to Kittle or, uh, you know, Ayuk or Samuel or somebody underneath for a big gain over on the right hand side with the Cowboys over pursuing to the left. And it was like, you want to take away CMC? No big deal. We have got George Kittle. We have got Brandon Ayuk. We've got Kyle Juszczyk. We have got Debo Samuel. And we've got Juwan Jennings, another guy who doesn't get talked about that much. But when it's third down and you need someone to catch it, he's right there in the mix. It's just incredible how deep this team is. And it did make me think a little bit like pre-salary cap in the NFL, the 49ers under Eddie Debartolo had this incredibly deep roster, which you could build when you could pay everybody, right? It got a lot harder to do that under the salary cap, but the way that the 49ers have structured deals, restructured deals, and been able to keep and go out and acquire talent, how deep can an NFL team be under the salary cap? The 49ers are proving they can be pretty damn deep. In some ways, this is a fluke, right? Like, because we know
1: how important the quarterback is to the team. And when you lose your quarterback, you've essentially lost your season, which is why quarterbacks make a whole lot of money. But what the Niners have been able to do is distribute that money to other key positions. And you have leaders at their position around the league and you have a bunch of these leaders on this same team because you're able to be a little more efficient with your quarterback money. Is this the new model? Is this what you do? And I kind of think, no, because we've already seen how important that quarterback is And it's kind of a fluke that this is what's happened with Brock Purdy. And I think that's why people keep looking for ways to kind of dig him out because this isn't supposed to happen. He's supposed to be Mr. Irrelevant. That's supposed to be his big day. For him to now be one of the best quarterbacks in the league means we've all been doing something wrong. We all missed this. The way we're doing it, the way we're evaluating players to see the, a guy who's now proving to be one of the best in the league. And we all thought he was, yeah, you'll get your day. That means the way we're doing it is wrong. And so that's why I think people are looking for ways because anytime there's change, there's pushback going all the way to when people thought that the earth was the center of the universe to when they said, no, maybe it's the sun. There's a lot of pushback and people push back against change. And so I think the Niners have just kind of fallen into this. And I think people are upset because Mr. Irrelevant is not supposed to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he is.
0: Which is why it's so funny hearing people working hard trying to knock Brock Purdy. You heard Dan Orlovsky on ESPN saying that if Patriots quarterback Mac Jones, who was in that draft class with Trey Lance in that first round, if he was on the Niners, he'd be doing the same thing that Brock Purdy's doing. And the main pushback you've heard from guys like George Kittle and Rex Ryan on that same show push back against this that's disrespectful to what Brock Purdy has done because it's not just this great physical talent that he has put out there. His ability to make quick decisions, to read the offense, to read the defense, see what's there and make those decisions and make accurate throws is not something that just you can plug anybody into. And we've seen that through the quarterbacks the 49ers have used leading up to now Brock Purdy before that Jimmy Garoppolo when you had guys being plugged in there, whether it was a CJ Bethard or a Nick Mullins, they might be able to do it for a game or two, but they could not sustain the level of success that we have seen from Brock Purdy for this long, where defenses have had opportunity after opportunity to find the fatal flaw in this guy and that offense, what he likes to do, what he can and can't do. If you take away the run game, can he beat you? He just proved he can do that. So it's disrespectful to what Purdy has done. Kyle Shanahan, all the credit in the world. Does he design a great play? Yes. Does he have a lot of talent? Yes. Does Brock Purdy get knocked a little bit because of that? Obviously, that's what's happening, but it doesn't mean that those people are right because Brock Purdy is making great plays, and I think he's getting knocked for being a quote-unquote system quarterback and not a great player in his own right
1: you can't believe what you're seeing a little bit it reminds me of the A's uh second baseman that they brought up this year zach geloff who came up and just kind of had been just a breakout star and started putting up historic numbers And it's so rare to see those guys, those guys that become legendary and and turn into that. And so there is such a belief, oh, he'll fan out. It'll come back down to earth. But when that star keeps going, because there are guys that it keeps going for. Look at Mahomes. His star has just kept taking off to see, hey, we maybe have that guy. It's just fun to watch. Other people, they just got to be jealous. He answers the questions every single game. To say that it's disrespectful or that other people could do it, um, you know, they, they clearly can't. For him to have not had an interception at all this season, and Dak Prescott had three on his last three possessions before our defense knocked him out of the game. This is not a simple thing that just anybody can do. And we know quarterbacks are so hard to come by, which is why they get paid when you get them. And for us to have somebody putting up this big production on a little paycheck, it's a blessing in disguise. And I I just hope that he's a guy that when his payday comes, that he goes, Hey, I- I'm here with part of this and I want to keep riding this way
0: forever. Yeah, I think on the financial side of it, you're right. But I think that was part of the design for the 49ers when they moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo when they were expecting to be Trey Lance. Is that if they had a quarterback on a rookie deal, they would be able to take advantage of the depth of this roster, right? That was their goal. They just didn't anticipate that it was going to be Brock Purdy as the guy to take over and be able to give them that financial benefit. They were anticipating it was going to be Trey Lance, and they viewed a ceiling that existed on this team with Jimmy Garoppolo as that quarterback. And they saw, hey, you know what? I bet you a first round player could come in and give us what Jimmy Garoppolo is doing. But what we have seen from Brock Purdy, Kyle Shanahan's trust in a quarterback is a big part of the offense, and his trust in Brock Purdy is marrow deep. And you can see that in the play calls that he puts out there on a weekly basis, not just dictated by the matchup of who they're playing and like, hey, I think we might have a chance for deep balls here. Every week, it doesn't matter who they're playing. We're going to go out and run the plays that we want to run because we can. And we have a guy that can execute it so that you can get creative with flipping the ball back and doing a double reverse and throwing the ball to George Kittle almost is like a look how much talent we have now.
1: I was sitting uh, the other day looking through just the power rankings because honestly, I I pretty much pay attention to the Niners and I'm not really watching much of anyone else. I was having a conversation with someone and they're saying all these other games. And I was like, yeah, I don't even know how anyone else was doing. And I saw the Dolphins are doing pretty well. And I was just kind of hoping for a, a Dolphins Niners Super Bowl. And I'm just hoping to to do it again. And so I was just thinking what what are your predictions for this team? I mean, we've been saying maybe strongest Niners team ever. Where do you see them ending up and who do you see them ending up against?
0: Well, I think there's two teams in the NFC who clearly stood out, right? It's going to be the 49ers, then the Eagles. You can make an argument for Detroit, but after that, I mean, everyone else is definitely a tier below. And it's the 49ers and Eagles that right now, as far as health is concerned, as long as everyone's healthy, seem like they are on that collision course. They do play each other in the regular season, but they clearly seem like they're the two best teams in the NFC. And I, I'm hard pressed to see any team in the NFL, at least right now, that has shown that they are on this level that the 49ers are on right now. It's a long season, injuries happen that can completely change the dynamic of how things play out. But as it's been shown through almost a third of the season at this point, the 49ers are clearly firing on all cylinders. And this goes back to what they did at the end of last year. Remember, they had a very slow start to last season they had to get hot and win all those games out at the end of the regular season and this has continued on that trend so you don't just look at it as just like oh this is like a five game stretch this is like a 15 game stretch that they have been this good and this dominant and another point to the 49ers being able to take advantage of this deep roster coming off of that loss to the eagles in the nfc championship game there is a hyper focus on the stars on this team about a goal. They are goal oriented to get the job done this year, to take advantage of this roster, to have that unfinished business taken care of this year. And you hear it in the post game interviews. They aren't drinking the Kool-Aid. They aren't buying their own hype. They're talking about just get ready for next week. We're week to week here, like a team that has a goal, like they have their back against the wall, which they obviously don't but that's the way they're approaching this season.
1: My concern would maybe be the Chiefs having the experience that they have, kind of being like the football's version of the Warriors, like, eh, the season's long. We we turn it on in the playoffs. Right. Um, and they have the experience and the leadership for that to take them far. But I really only think the only thing that can stop this team is injuries. I did, again, you know, get a little scared because the Cowboys seem to be a little dirty. And, you know, one guy got ejected targeting McCaffrey. McCaffrey's head is getting ripped literally yeah. sideways. And he's a guy that through his career has had a lot of injuries. So really knowing how important he is, knowing you know what an injury can do for a team and just what he does even when he's not um, getting the ball in his hands but his presence on the field and what that does to cause chaos for the defense so I I really only think they can beat themselves Um, you know if Shanahan is making mistakes of like oh McCaffrey's still in in a blowout game but other than that I just think that this potentially could be a team that could go down as one of the greatest teams ever
0: what's the fatal flaw you know you look around and like they have a pass rush they have great players on the d line they have a great linebacking core the secondary is mostly good i mean you, you have a little bit of a question mark on the side that is not with Tavarius ward is that going to be holding up it hasn't been a big issue so far but that's a little bit of a question mark and you saw dallas be able to take advantage of that with one play on their touchdown but that's like nitpicky, right? Because of how strong they are all over the place, that their one fatal flaw. It's not bad. It's not even fatal. It's like it's like a paper cut compared to anything else.
1: I One of the things that I kind of took away from that uh, Cowboys game was, did you see Parsons numbers?
0: Yeah, barely. I mean, he was barely a factor. One quarterback hurry. Yeah.
1: That's literally it. And it doesn't even tell you the result of that quarterback hurry. Did that turn into a touchdown? Like, yeah it right, was yeah. just completely ineffective just one of the dominant defensive players in the league not even there and yeah. the way that this team could just completely shut them down this was supposed to be a good game they
0: are just too good 49ers and Cowboys have met in the playoffs the last two years and those were very close games 49ers had been able to hold Dallas down defensively with how good they are but they struggled on offense in those games with Jimmy Garoppolo. They managed to pull him out and win. It was just incredible how much further along the 49ers look than a team that up until last week, a lot of people considered on that next tier behind the Eagles and 49ers as the next best team that had a chance to jump up to that tier if they were able to put it together. And now because of what they've seen, you have people questioning their coach. You have people questioning if Dak Prescott is a guy. I mean, we heard uh we heard Whitner after the game say Dak Prescott just sucks. I mean, he just on TV, <laughs> candidly, openly talking about a guy, to your point, being paid like thirty-one million dollars losing to Mr. Irrelevant, who's making $800,000 this year. They do a story a little blown out of proportion that he has to have a roommate and can't afford rent. He can afford rent. It's just cheaper to have the roommate. So enough of playing this up. Like I know it's expensive in the Bay Area, but you can get by on 800 grand a year, you know? Not in yeah. No, I don't know where they live. <laughs> <Yeah. but laughs> I did enjoy that the Purdies are there. And I think it was funny. I don't know if you saw the one flaw for Brock Purdy in this game was his Kyle Juszczyk touchdown celebration. Did you see that? No. So the video was making the rounds on social media after he threw the touchdown pass to Kyle Juszczyk. He did what he called a juice celebration And he tried to pretend like he was drinking juice with both hands in a way that like right away, Kyle Juszczyk was like, bro, you can't do that. That's going to be a meme.
1: (laughs) And I'm sure it already is. It
0: was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Wow. No, this team is just really incredible. It's so much fun to watch. Uh, I'm just really enjoying the ride, you know, getting together, uh, usually with family, with not, then getting together with friends sometimes, but just a lot of fun to watch it's almost like every game it it feels like a little bit of a a Super Bowl atmosphere because everyone's getting snacks and getting together and it's just such a dominant team I, I remember how bleak it was before Jimmy G showed up and you just couldn't even watch you know it was three and out And just miserable football. And so it's just so much fun to watch your team be dominant and just so dominant that the expectations are high. The only thing that I got to say is you think about the Patriot team that almost went undefeated, how dominant that team was, and then to lose the big one, right? I think in their minds, they kind of thought that they were going to blow the Giants out. I think they had already played the Giants in that season, didn't they? I believe so. Yeah. And and, and they won. Right. And so I think they kind of looked through that with some of the trash talk that has gone on afterwards. Like I've seen some of the Cowboys players talking about like, Oh, we'll, we'll remember this. Right. Just like you're saying the Niners remember what happened with the Eagles. Right. And now this is a fire that could get lit for the Cowboys. I know the Niners have been doing some trash talk and, and that's fair because you dominated them but you got to let that go for the next game. And if we come up to them again in the playoffs, that last game was done. You got to let it be done and you got to show them the same respect you were showing them before this game and then you blow them out and laugh at them again, you know, but I really think this is a team that I I maybe I don't even want to say it, but
0: I I... it's a good concern, though, because, you know, we've seen a lot of great teams get defeated by their own success in the long run, because it is such a long season. You want to get out to this great start, but you also have to find that balance between keeping the intensity up and trying to make sure that you are ready for the ultimate goal that run through the playoffs into the Super Bowl. I I think you're right. I mean, it's one of those stories that we're just watching. We're waiting for them to give us something spicy to talk about because so far it has all gone so well. It has all been so good that if you're looking for things like we were talking about a couple of weeks ago is like Christian McCaffrey getting used too much. You know, is that going to change? But other than that, there hasn't been anything that you're talking about. Like, what are they doing? And I think to your point, you watch other games. You watch these other teams play like you watch the Monday night game or the Thursday night game you're watching teams and you're being like, man, the 49ers are so much better than these teams. And it almost, you start to feel a little bit bad because like you said, you know how bad it was before Kyle Shanahan showed up. You know how bad it was before Jimmy G got here with Kyle Shanahan. And you're like, I don't want to go back to those days. And almost every team you turn on, you're like, man, glad I'm not a Bears fan. Glad I'm not a Raiders fan. You know, glad I'm not a Packers fan right now because it builds up that false hope. And I don't think that exists with this 49ers team. So. Right now, you just got to make sure you're staying present, enjoying that ride with this team. And, you know, we're going to find out at the end of the year if it goes down as one of the greatest teams of all time or the greatest 49ers team of all time. But for right now, it is just a lot of fun to watch. You can watch a game without yelling too much at your TV, which has been an issue for us from time to time in years past.
1: It's just the absolute opposite of how our A's podcasts have gone. (laughs) How we were like, let's struggle to find something nice to talk about where, you know, they're just completely polar opposites where it's like these guys are awful and these guys are so good. And yeah. the, the narrative doesn't change. <laughs> we just have s- some sort of middle ground, something right, yeah. to talk about.
0: <laughs> yeah. This has been the Win or Hughes podcast. New episodes every week. You can find us on YouTube. You can also find us wherever you get your podcast. Do us a favor, make sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast. You can find us on social media at Win or Hughes. You can find me on social media at Vegas Joe Hughes. And we'll talk again next week. Thanks for listening to the Win or Hughes podcast. Make sure to like and subscribe.